Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. What is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of After Impact. I am your host, Tom Bilyeu, and I am here with Agent Smith. Mr. Bilyeu. What's up, my man? How's it going? Good. It's been a long week. Hellified gangster late. It has been a crazy week. I have been up till 1 a.m. twice this week. (laughs) Dude, I am oftentimes waking up at 1 a.m. This is, it has been madness. It's like a freaky Friday. Inside yes. Out Week. It's an Inside Out Week. You are absolutely correct. Yeah. Awesome. Yes, but well, I'm happy to be here. Uh, as we're diving in, I just want to quickly welcome everyone. And I have a question for you since this is after Impact. I want to know have you watched the episode with Mastin Kip? Yes or no? Drop it in the comments right now. We want to hear your thoughts. How many people have watched the episode or listened to it on the podcast, whatever you prefer? Hopefully a lot of you so that you have tons of questions to ask because we want to dive into it here on After Impact. Nice. And just to acknowledge that you learned something new and you've put it into immediate action. And I respect yeah, that about you. Got it. Nicely done. Got to do it. Um, cool. So yeah, this week we went to Vid Summit. We did. And that was a lot of fun. It was amazing. Learned a lot. Amazing, amazing. Um, and I love learning. It was just a, a reminder for me of my absolute obsession with usable knowledge. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I love that too. You and I both. think we clicked on the, on the same presentations. We were like, this one. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And the guy that you want to bring in, I think that could be amazing. Yeah, definitely. I'm super excited. My, the other thing I liked about VidCon was meeting all, there were so many creators. Or sorry, I said VidCon, Vid Summit. Rather. Yes. Ooh. You know what? I actually, I had VidCon so in my head. Yeah. When one of the speakers went up, I thought, if I made that mistake, oh God, yeah. I'd be so embarrassed. It's a slightly competitive yeah. uh, uh, event. But um, it was so entrepreneurial. And just to see, it was just a, a, such a clear reminder. You had all these creators and talked to a lot of people who just, oh, I have my job. And then I started a food blog. And then I started making videos. And then I quit my job and started right. doing that full time. Or, yeah, I created this channel because I'm really passionate about this hobby. And um, seeing that there there are no more barriers to entry. It's crazy. And you can just do whatever you want. Dude, so my friend and I, Steve Young, God, that would be weird if he was watching. 
Um, we used to film ourselves all the time. Like my dad would bring home this camcorder that he could borrow from his office. I don't even know why they let people do that, but anyway, he could do that. And so whenever he brought it home, we would go film something. When I think like what that looks like today, like we would film ourselves going to the grocery store and like we would do dumb stuff. Uh, he, he did this thing he called gnarly bites. Which is like the this is like back in ninety probably ninety one ninety two, yeah. And he would do these things he called gnarly bites, where he'd be walking at normal speed and then just fall on his face in like the most <laughs> like cataclysmic way possible. Yeah. And we would do that in like the middle of a grocery store and film it. Right. Mm -hmm. Now that's like a thing, yeah. and I know that like if we if YouTube existed, like we would have been like, oh man, we got to try this. But hearing some of these guys talk, they're so disciplined about building their channel. Oh, yeah. And it was like this tremendous reminder that I had this impulse to do fun and funny stuff. I was always the guy behind the camera, let, let the record reflect. Um, and, but I didn't have the discipline to figure it out. Like hearing the Sharer Brothers talk, I you weren't there for one. the Sharer yeah. Brothers. Yeah. Oh God, it was so interesting. I don't want to derail too far. We, we need to dive into Masakip because he's absolutely phenomenal. But yes. just to sum that all up, that they really have the discipline to learn. And so they had done their channel for like four or five months and they were just like, we're not getting the traction. We need to step back, research and figure this out. And I thought, man, if I had had that clarity when I was, you know, 20, yeah, it's just nuts. Super inspiring, a lot of knowledge. So any creators out there, I encourage you to check out VidSummit. Check out Daryl Eves, the, um, yeah. the organizer of VidSummit and all of his amazing content. Um, lots to learn. So. Let's dive into the After Impact episode. This is the show where we unpack the impact of this week's episode with Mastin Kip. If you don't know who he is, he is a functional life coach, um, a lover of science and spirituality. He is a speaker, an author, and his book is called Claim Your Power. Um, really fascinating episode. Very. It was cool to see you guys dive in because I could see there were a lot of, uh, a lot of parallels in the, in the way that you think and some of the ideas um, expressed. I want to start off with the big one, and that was really the episode title as well, about bringing science and spirituality together. Mm. So I, I guess my question for you is, do you think that advances in science will bring them closer together, or will it start to explain some ideas that have been around for thousands and thousands of years? Agent Smith, I don't know. So I had a very weird experience this week, which you and I had a lot of fun talking about earlier. Um, I went to church mm -hmm. for the first time in decades. And I am not religious. Like when I say I'm not religious, I mean I am aggressively not religious. Yes. And being there, so the guy, there's a, a preacher, I don't know a better word for it. He's a pastor, a preacher, whatever you want to call him. Here in Los Angeles, I guess he lives in Seattle. He has a mega church, so I'm told, in Seattle. And I'm actually interested to get this guy on the show, which is how I ended up there. So I'm friends. Like, I never know where to classify those sort of early relationships. I have a burgeoning relationship with his agent, mm -hmm. um, really interesting guy named Dean Schneider. And he said, you've got to come see this guy. His name is Judah. And he has this church called Church Home here in L.A. And I was like, oh, man, like going to a church. He's like, no, you need to check this guy. He's very special. So I go and he has a cross between a stand-up comic 
and a legit like Southern preacher was what he made me think of because he's so energetic, Mm -hmm. so good with the crowd and just a, a deeply thoughtful guy about how do we make spirituality, religion, all of it accessible. And so the whole time he's talking about, hey, it doesn't matter like whether you believe what I believe, like I just want you to feel at home here, which I thought was really interesting. Um, But he's very much himself, talks about religion. Mm -hmm. And so that part didn't resonate with me, but like the way that he's trying to be inclusive, the way that he is so entertaining, there's there's no better word, he's entertaining. So whether you agree with what he's saying or not is totally irrelevant. He is deeply entertaining. But seeing the way that people responded to him, seeing the way that he feels, believes, and approaches the world, I thought, dude, this this is like, it. there is a certain person. And so the whole time I'm sitting in the crowd, let me finish that statement. There's a certain person who really, really experiences on a visceral level, religion. Yeah. And I mean, all the trappings of religion. I mean, as different from spirituality. I will say that I am spiritual. He is deeply religious. And seeing that, there was so much energy, and I thought, this is really fascinating. And it is important to remember that, A, I'm having a very different experience than a lot of people here in this church. And they are moved in a very religious and spiritual way, which was really, really interesting. I don't know that there's ever a moment where there's enough science in the world to bring the two together. They are fundamentally different experiences. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's been, there's an amazing sense of like, people who are deeply spiritual can connect with people who are deeply religious. And I love that. I love anything that makes people feel more connected to people who don't think like they think. And that was probably the most beautiful thing that I took away from that whole experience was here I am. I'm not, I'm not resonating in the same way that other people in the audience are, but I'm resonating. Like I found this guy really, really interesting. And I loved his message of like inclusion and wanting people to feel a sense of home. And I get that same vibe with Mastin Mm -hmm. where it's like he can talk science or he can talk religion or he can talk spirituality or he can be woo-woo or he can be really grounded. And he has this way of like bringing it all together. So to really put a fine point on your question, if you had asked me that a week ago before I went to this um, church service, I would have said, yeah, I think they come together. And then being there, I realized, I, th- I think it, I hope, this is actually fascinating. This is me projecting what I want to be true more than necessarily what I've meditated on and think is actually true. I want to be true that there's a coming, uh, that science bridges the gap and brings people together under a bigger umbrella and that as we uncover more of these truths which are measurable and verifiable, Mm -hmm. that people have to open their dogma, which is the thing that scares me, but they have to open their dogma to include some of these like very hard to get around truths. So I hope that that's a contribution that science makes. I feel like that's the angle that Mast and Kip is coming from is that, look, I'm looking at them both and I can't deny that I have these very spiritual woo-woo experiences. And he talked about that, that um, he, he um, had a near-death experience when he was young mm-hmm. and I wanted to punch myself in the mouth for not following up on that. Part of the reason I didn't is... I always try to give them space to talk. And then a lot of times they'll go to like another place and they end. And then I want to follow up on the thing that they ended on. But I'm very, very sad that I didn't ask him a follow-up question on that. And then he said one of his friend's fathers passed away right in front of him. Mm -hmm. And he said those like 
were like quake. He didn't use the word quake, but those were like quake moments for him that that have echoed from a spiritual perspective throughout his life. And so he has these hardcore science tis parents, and then he's had these deeply spiritual moments, and his whole life is about sort of rectifying or um, bringing those things together and really understanding both of them. And so I do hope that that science helps people develop a a broader viewpoint that allows them to be more inclusive. But that experience that I had this past Wednesday made me think these may not, there's not a necessary meeting of these because they're divergent experiences, much like whatever he went through with his own near death experience Mm -hmm. and watching somebody else pass that he, he just nothing else in his life explains. Yeah, I I totally agree. And what I loved about Mastin is that he, so he knows that there are these two sort of big things, science and religion, that are real to big segments of the population that mean something to each and that there are truths in each. Um, But then his whole thing is like, how do we take those truths from each of those, uh, those segments and bring them into something that's practical at the individual level to help you live your life better? Like that's his whole thing with functional life coaching. And one example of that, which I thought he really had just a great way of saying it was, we pursue external goals to hit an internal emotional target. I was like, whoa. Yep. That's awesome. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Like, Truer words never said. Um, it is, that's exactly what I'm driving at when I say the game that you're playing isn't success. It's not money. It's neurochemistry. Mm. You're trying to create an emotional state in yourself. And that's it. Like, that's the game. Nature has built in this neurochemical cascade of all kinds. I mean, there's an untold number of different emotional states, some of which we read as pleasurable, some of which we read as deeply painful. And that that's at the end of the day, like that's all that matters. And so now we could really derail into like, where does brain augmentation go? What's the role of memories? And for anybody else that's deeply fascinated by movies like Total Recall, dude, all that exists is this moment, but this moment is entirely defined by your past. Mm -hmm. Even your projections of the future are tied to your past. And there's a thought exercise, and I I don't know how to put words around this, but I've talked about this before, where if I'm really getting stuck in an emotion or a fear or whatever, I will say to myself, imagine that right now, right this second, in mid-thought, you've just been inserted into the matrix. And everything that you think prior to this very second is fake. It's just a memory that's been implanted in your brain. How would that change my behavior? Because it would dramatically change my behavior. And the way in which it would change my behavior is I would decide what to believe from my past. I would just decide. And I would say, okay, they're all fake anyway. So now which ones serve me and which ones don't? And that is, I get it. It's a thought exercise. I don't think that's actually real. I'm just saying like, it's so powerful to realize you can decide which of those events in your past you're going to allow to paint the color of your present and your future. So when he, when Mastin talks about like, understand that I see highly successful people all the time and they're deeply miserable Mm -hmm. that really that thing, like when you set that goal, what you were trying to do is, 
create an internal state. Once you understand that, once you understand the game is internal, then at least you're playing the right game. And I think this is why people get so confused with success. To his point about internal targets, you look at somebody that has the success that you think you want because you think that you will feel about yourself the way that you feel about them and you won't. And that they're totally unrelated. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's... God, you want to talk about something I wish I could just give people like a visceral understanding of that so that they would. And that doesn't mean that they'll stop chasing money or stop chasing success. It just means that they'll actually understand how to correlate and how to create a causative relationship between their emotions and the things that they get from their pursuits. Yeah, it's super powerful. Um I want to dive into something that you just said, but before I do that, I want to, again, encourage the audience on YouTube and Facebook Live. First, thank you for showing up and being part of this, but um, this is about you, too. We want you to be in the conversation, so please ask questions. Uh, hopefully, they're related to the episode or something that we're talking about here. Um, get, let's, let's get involved in the conversation. And by the way, I don't know that we've ever said this. We pretty much avoid taking questions in after impact if it's not about the topics that we're discussing. It's true. Um, So for anybody asking questions, by the way, they have nothing to do with this episode, submit those to the AMA that we do normally on Friday. We're a little bit out of order this week because of everything. This has just been a super bizarre week, as you mentioned in the opening. Um, But yeah, we want to answer those questions, just not during an after impact. Yeah. Well, we have a question right here we can dive into. It's from Bo. Montier, uh, Kip talked about using the angsty emotions as a signal to dr- dive into yourself and figure out what caused them, that they are symptoms of some sort of emotional wounding. Uh, he says, I've got some stuff I feel like I need to dig into, but I'm a little scared of the damage I might find. How would you begin approaching something like that? That's really interesting. Um, so yeah, I'll answer with what Mastin said in the episode, which is do what scares you until it doesn't scare you anymore. And fear is one of those things I I so agree with him on. And the way I've always thought of it is fear highlights stakes. It's high stakes. Now, because I'm someone that wants to play in a world stage and I want to do something big and have huge impact, um, I really use that as a compass, which is something that um, Mastin talks a lot about in his book and a lot of his talks, using fear as a compass. And by that, he means he doesn't use the word stakes, but basically that it's pointing to something important. It's pointing either to the trauma that this person is talking about or, um, and actually probably in Mastin's language, that's all it's pointing to. Like there's something that you have uncleared is the word that he uses. Um, There's something uncleared in your life that is is like the nail that he talks about. You step on the nail, you've hit yourself with, you know, lidocaine or whatever he says to numb the pain, but you haven't actually removed the nail and gone through the healing process. So um, that really is it to it is important. And to do that work, you just have to like go towards that. You have mm-hmm. to rush towards whatever it is that's scaring you. Whatever and I, because this isn't how I experience the world. Um, like whatever part of the brain that like shuts off, um, painful experiences from the past, like that buries it or whatever. I, I don't have that. Um, so for me it's, and I actually think this has helped me. So first of all, I always think that it's my fault. And second, it's just hyper clear the stupid shit that I did that led to that. So 
But looking at that, facing that, and learning to have compassion for yourself, not judge yourself, not expect perfection, um, that has been just tremendously beneficial for me emotionally to get past um, things that have either happened to me or that I've done or whatever. So being not knowing what you're going to uncover, I guess, is a little outside of my personal experience, but you're going to have to do that facing it, recognizing that you're in control, recognizing that there was that either, let's say that they were 100% victimized because I know what a lot of people really struggle with is they were abused in some way, physically, emotionally, sexually, whatever the abuse was. And so obviously it's not your fault that you were victimized, but that you've let that person continue to victimize you emotionally, mentally, like that's a choice. And so, and that's awesome. Now you recognize it. Okay, cool. I've been doing that. Now I can do the work of getting past that. I think that's really, really, really important. So it's about the, the damage that he's talking about identifying is essentially finding the nail and pulling it out. Like that is step one until you're willing to face that until you're willing to do that and just charge headlong into, okay, this is what happened. And this has been my, responsibility going forward so own that find that only in as much and i'll say you feel badly about it in that okay cool ah yes i have failed to pull the nail out but now that i'm aware of that i'm going to do that i think that's super critical move towards the fear figure that out um, understand that whatever you find, even if it is that you did something horrific, that it's not about staying in that place, beating yourself up. It's about recognizing it and moving past it yeah. and recognizing that you can become anybody you want. So like, even if you turn inward and objectively the whole world would say, you're a fucking dirtbag. Like you don't have to be a dirtbag from that moment forward, right? That is so freeing to me. Like whatever it is that you look back and see, you can change. You're, you can't change the past. Like, that's done. It's gone. So continuing to deny that the past is what it is only loses more time. And then once you identify, if you're not happy with what you see, that you can make a change. That's awesome. Um, I want to dive into this a little bit more regarding emotions because I know you've talked a lot about um, not letting emotions sort of control your, your action or um, not letting emotions control your life. Um, and you have worked very hard. You said when things used to upset you in a work environment, for instance, like dialing that back (laughs) to where it's just, it's not even registering on your face anymore. So how do you both do that? Which I think is super powerful, but also address the emotions. Like Masson said, like you need to pay attention to these. That is, that is super powerful. So here's the process that I go through, which by the way, so that thing you want me to write, I've struggled with it because I didn't really know what you needed. Now I know it's protocols. You need my protocols. Like what are the processes? So that's a code word for me. Protocols remind me of that. Got it. So here's the protocol. Not that I wanted you to write. The community wanted you to write. Very true. Perfect. So So community, thank you very much. It isn't that I use uh, mantras. It's that I have protocols, behavioral protocols, which will answer your question. So the behavioral protocol that I go through is whatever, like when you're kicking some strong emotion up, that, that is wiring. Like you have wired yourself now to have that, um, neurochemical response to that situation. And anytime that I have a neurochemical response that isn't serving me. So if I'm getting wound up about something, 99 times out of 100, that's not very effective. Now, there are times where it is effective and you need to be pissed off and that's the thing that's going to give you the energy. But it really just, it's it's pretty fucking rare. So when I have something that's kicking up this level of aggression, 
then I, I'm going to say, okay, one, right now I don't want to respond to that. I don't want it to cross my face. And I'm thinking about practicing. So when something's really winding me up, like part of what allows me to de-escalate the emotion is this is a chance to practice. This is a chance to practice de-escalating that emotion. And knowing that, oh, this is like, I'm not performing in the way that I want emotionally, right? And I'll yeah. get to that, like how I ended up there and what I do to back out of that in a second. But so I realized in that moment, okay, I haven't yet done the work so that I'm actually, I don't feel this in this circumstance. So I'm feeling it right now. That feeling is very real, but I don't want it to cross my face because it's disadvantageous from a relationship perspective, from a getting what I want perspective, moving forward. So I can't like freak out. Nobody responds well to that. I'm going to be embarrassed by it later. So let's just not go through the process. Let's really fucking chill. Use this moment to practice like not letting the emotion continue to escalate because that's how it feels for me. Emotions like they trigger oftentimes really hard, but then if I give in, they just get worse and worse and worse. And it's like more momentum, more anger, more frustration. So I want to instantly through um, the protocol of practice to remind myself I'm just practicing and what I'm practicing is de-escalating, not letting it reach my face, not letting it be in my tone of voice, not letting it be in my posture, all of that. So I'm literally part of my mind that immediately becomes allocated to that, the physiology of what I'm going through and doing exactly the reverse. So when something winds you up, you want to hold more attention, you want to furrow the brow, you want to, at least I do, I want to square myself to the person, I want to tilt my chin down, I want to furrow my brow, <laughs> I want to make that face that I know fucking intimidates the shit out of people. And so I then do the opposite and I like relax my shoulders. I release the tension. I put my neutral, like um, yeah. goofy face on. Like I'm trying to do from a physiological perspective all the things that I can do. I'll slow my vocal patterns down because I find that that feeds into my intensity. Um, and I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but if we like right before we roll, I talk way slower than I talk once we go live. And that's a very conscious choice because it revs up my mentality. So in a moment like that, I know if I start talking fast, if I let myself do that, that just feeds that intensity. And so I'll start slowing myself down. I'll start lowering my voice, slowing my cadence. So I'm trying to build into the physicality because of that, like, that loop that people can get in. And I'll do the exact opposite if I need intensity. I'll furrow my brow. I'll bring the tension into my body, all of those things. And then that starts to amp me up. It's just like laughing out loud, hard to be pissed off and laugh out loud at the same time. That's a, a physiological thing that I've used to, to great advantage. Okay, so those are the, the things in that moment that I'm doing to like practice, to yeah. de-escalate. At some point later in the day, I'm going to ruminate on why is the wiring this way? Like, why am I in this state? Why does that thing really wind me up? And this is something where um, for all my talk about like, I don't mind being alone and all of that. I'm so grateful for my wife because she really, really helps me process this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I'll talk to her like, fuck, I don't know why. Like, this is where I'm at. I don't know why it's pissing me off, but let me like externalize this and because I process verbally. So let me like talk through this. And she gives awesome feedback. And if she notices a pattern, like she'll throw it out. Fuck yeah, you know what? You're actually right. Oh my God. Like that is where this is coming from. But then just identifying it isn't enough. You have to really begin to unwind it, which that de-escalation followed by um, ruminating and talking about is the, un the unwiring process. It's not really even so much the unwiring. You're wiring a new process. So the... I use that, the frustration or whatever, as a trigger, and habit loop triggers are a big thing for me, part of my protocol. So 
uh, the frustration, instead of being the thing that feeds a reaction, what it does is it feeds as a trigger into a habit loop of relaxation. Mm -hmm. So that the, the gunshot impulse, that instantaneous frustration literally triggers the, hey, right? <laughs> like the yeah. nothing but chilling me. Right, right. So when you can get into those, you begin to create a new, um, a new wiring, which is that thing now begins to trigger a chill effect. Through just through repetition. Yeah. So, and that's slowly how you wire a new response. And then also if there's like some lingering emotional thing, like I know when one thing that really winds me up and my poor wife suffers the brunt of this. So anybody out there watching that wants to build something incredible big, like, and if you're looking at me as like an example of, oh man, I just wish that I could be like Tom, like that would be amazing and build something huge. Understand, I am in a constant state of near panic. I feel like I'm in a free fall all the time. And what I just have one overriding belief that is so fucking powerful that it always keeps me from freaking out and allows me to move forward. And that is, I believe to the core of my being, I can figure anything out. I may need to go talk to experts. I may have to read a lot of books. It may take an inordinate amount of time, but I can figure anything out. So... I don't place the, the judgment on myself that I have to already know it. So because of that, um, I know that I have to create all this momentum, that I have to keep moving forward. Like that's a big thing. And so even though like part of my brain is screaming, like you don't know what the fuck you're doing. I just know, keep going, give yourself the time to learn, put it out there. You, it is astonishing when you tell enough people what you're doing that they slowly like start being able to help you. It's fucking crazy. But you first have to be the one to dream big and to say, I'm doing it. And my wife in that, I find, this is one of my like trigger things. If she like just wants clarification, I take it as she doesn't believe because I need other people to like be with me because I can't fight my own internal battle yeah. and have to fight the external battle as well. I need someone somewhere has yeah. to believe this shit is going to work. And so when my wife is like, but what do you mean? But what about this? I literally have to remind myself, she's actually asking only because she doesn't know. Like, this isn't a sign that she's defecting and doesn't believe. Sounds familiar. Right? So, so it, with, with me. A hundred percent. Like, way. this yeah. is my process. It's like. It's not that I don't believe. It's like, but how? Like, what is it? Because high conscientious. And the, so, Yes. Yeah. And this has, like, been a really important recent realization of why I get frustrated. So, going in and going, oh, it's because, like. I'm already fighting my own insecurities mm. when other people are fucking, I perceive it as heaping doubt on me. Mm. Then it's like, okay, fine. Heap all the fucking doubt you want, but I'm going to fight. Right? So then it brings out the only way that I know how to not succumb to, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm afraid as anybody else is I slip into the 20%. Now you're bringing... Fuck it. Like, great. I have a mechanism right. to deal with this. I'm not going to crumble. You're not going to be able to make me slow down or second guess myself. But the way that I'm going to battle it is with aggression. And so then it brings out aggression and everybody else is like, what the fuck is going on? Because you don't mean it from a, a doubting Thomas place. You're just literally like, oh, I just want to understand this. Yeah. But I'm like fucking ready. I'm, I, you know, like I come out swinging. <laughs> so doing the work of like processing that and finding that root cause is really beneficial for me for sure because yeah. once i know what's going on i can take different paths
You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions. And I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing. And a big part of that strict diet is high quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off, and that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com impact and use code impact to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You will never be able to reach your full potential if you are riddled with stress and have a lot weighing on your mind. I can tell you from my own experiences with stress and negative thought loops, you have to find a way to work through whatever it is that's weighing on you if you're gonna have any hope of achieving your goals. Therapy can be an option for working through things and for an online therapy option that is super convenient and flexible, be sure to check out BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, everything is 100% online and getting started is quick and easy. A brief questionnaire matches you with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Get things off your chest, process through things with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash impact theory. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. That's super key because you've talked about emotions a lot and not letting them get to you and to sabotage the moment, right? 
But the second part, which is saving it until later to then process it, and this goes into what uh, Mastin talks about in the episode, which is there are three steps to emotional fitness. There's emotional awareness, which is just saying, I have emotions, they're, they're present, I'm not going to repress them. Emotional intelligence, which is figuring out what are those uh, emotions and how to identify them? Is it fear, anxiety, um, anger, whatever? And then emotional fitness, which is training yourself on how to respond to each of those things, which we won't, I don't want to derail too much on those right now. I just wanted to make that connection because we have a couple of questions that mm. I want to dive into here from, from the audience. Uh, first off, a couple shout outs from Tammy from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, Canada. That's a real place. That's a real place. That's so Moose Canadian. Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. <laughs> so That's good. amazing. Uh, I'm going to need a t-shirt. From Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Yeah, what's I'm up, Put Tammy? that on my order list. That's incredible. We also have Shuhas Bagath from India. Nice. These are all people on YouTube. And Rachel JC from Algeria. Wow. Oh, Algeria. I love how international I know. It's so cool. Berserk. It's really cool. Um, here's a question on Facebook from Danbro. Danbro Fitness. What's up, dude? Kip talks about doing things until it doesn't scare you anymore, which is what you just mentioned. What if fear is holding you back so much you can't step up? How would you start digging into the issue? That's identity. So literally, even as you were reading the words of the question, I was angry with myself. Like, you, you just can't ever not step up. You you can't. Like, you can't allow that in yourself, man. Yeah. Like, you've got to face that fucking panic. You've got to punish yourself relentlessly for those times that you fail. Look, I have failed more than most, but I punish myself to make sure that I don't keep doing that. And I recognize that whatever failure that I just had that I'm punishing myself for, it is not a permanent state. I'm not punishing myself so that I will stay there and feel bad and diminish myself. I'm punishing myself for the exact amount of punishment that it pushes me forward so that I'm not okay with doing that. I'm not okay in those situations. Um, in fact, you uh, witnessed a very minor example of this. So I, you can't imagine how much I hate like going into a restaurant and being like, hey, man, is it cool Like if my wife... Because Lisa can't eat restaurant food right now. Like right. We're doing a whole thing. And it makes me beyond uncomfortable when somebody's like, hey, I'm so sorry, but we don't allow people to eat food. Outside and, food. Outside food, right. correct. Yeah. Uh, and... I was like literally to the point where Lisa was like, okay, 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 like calm down, calm down. But I was like, dude, what charge me whatever you need to find the most expensive thing on the menu. But like, that's not what I'm feeling inside. What I'm feeling inside is, oh man, I don't want to bug this guy. I'm so sorry. But the thing that's like, that I have punished myself for failing my wife on so many times is like, I let that social discomfort stop me from getting my wife, the most important person in my life, getting her what she needs, right? So that that's but one of a, a bazillion examples of where my in my past, I failed me. I was not proud of the way that I handled it. My wife had made something clear that she wanted or needed, and I didn't deliver on it. And those are things like, that sucks as a husband who prides himself on like being there for his wife, protecting his wife, and then you fail your wife, which I have done way too many times to even enumerate, but it drives my behavior, right? So yeah. that I get better. So that now, like even my wife in that situation, I don't think is thinking about how uncomfortable I am. She's just going like, fuck, you're going so hard and pushing so far. Now she's getting uncomfortable because the level to which, like, I wasn't going to back off until I got what I thought she wanted. Now, I didn't realize what she really wanted at that moment was for me not to fuss, which 
that gets hard to like know exactly what sure. moment. So you just, Hey, as soon as she said, okay, I backed off, but it's like you, you literally Dan, bro, you have to train yourself. Like you can't accept that behavior. You've got to push yourself and force yourself to do things that make you uncomfortable. But it all comes from identity. To be the husband that I want to be in moments like that, I have to fucking step up. I have to drive all the way, leave no stone unturned, like keep pushing, driving yeah. forward. Um, and yeah, you just, you have to like, but that comes from shaping your identity and it takes time. Yeah, it's super interesting. And that's something that Mastin also talked about, which is finding the trigger point that, is going to be so inspiring and intoxicating to you that will allow you to overcome that fear. And he gave the example, I think, of someone he was working with that was trying to get through this emotional trauma she had suffered in the past. And when she realized that the, that emotional trauma was holding her back from going to the next level to provide for her family, which was the ultimate thing that she cared about, then she just immediately dove in. So... Super, 100%. Super interesting. Um, I want to take a moment to pause and uh, remind everyone and tell them about our contest that we have going yeah, buddy. on. T is today the last day? Today is the final day. Oh, kids, don't let this moment pass you by. This is a big contest, guys. We are giving away a flight from anywhere in the world to Los Angeles to hang out with Tom all day and the rest of the team, plus accommodations. So this is a big giveaway. And so we'll first tell them what they have to do. I will. At first, I wanted to hype the prize, but nice. here's what you got to do. All you, this is easy. All you have to do is reach out to your friends and family who should already be watching and subscribing to Impact Theory. But if they aren't, reach out to them and say, hey, there's a show. It's awesome. You got to check it out. Please go and subscribe. On YouTube. On YouTube. We're going to drop a link in the comments. There's a video that we created which is Tom welcoming your friends and family to the impact theory community. Send them that, send them the link, have them subscribe. And then the last thing they have to do in order to know that you entered so that we can watch, see your entry is to drop your name or your handle or something into the comments of YouTube. Correct. And the more people that do that, the more entries your name uh, has into the hat essentially that we'll be drawing out of. So if you get one person to do it, you have one chance to win. If you get a hundred people to do it, you have a hundred chances to win. So the more people you get to do it, the better. And the crazy thing is that we set a goal to hit 115,000. Now we set the goal to hit it by October 1st, which we failed miserably on two weeks late, but this contest was what was meant to drive us there. You had the foresight to make the contest go for three weeks. Um, and it's crazy. The contest ends today. We set this goal three weeks or the date three weeks ago. We are going to hit it to the fucking day. Yeah. That is so weird. It makes me wish that we had like <laughs> set a more aggressive goal or something. Cause it's like, how is that possible? Yeah. To the day. It's madness. I know. I wish we would madness. started the contest earlier, but yeah. here we are. Move past the, the failures, learn Indeed. from them, and let's go. So anyway, today is the last day. You have until midnight. Get your entries in. Share this content, please. It would help us immensely. We're trying to grow our YouTube channel. All right, let's go back to some of your questions and comments on Facebook Live. Here's a question from Johan Lucena. Um, how can you put in a practical way what you learned from Kip? Please choose your favorite lesson and put it in practicality instead instead of only words. So just get super practical. Uh, um, hmm. So yeah, the honest answer is what we already talked about, which is 
take the nail out of your foot. Like that is the researching him. That was the most powerful thing that he talked about and is really the foundation of his entire book. And by the way, his book is going to do a better job of making this practical than um, anything that I could do. So check that out. But it goes like this. So identify the wound. Like what is causing the behavior? Go fix that. And a lot of times it's going to be emotional work of Mm -hmm. removing your own stigmatization of the trauma, which is usually the nail, right? It's your obsession. You're beating yourself up or whatever it is, whatever you're doing consistently about that thing. And you have to acknowledge it, let it go, forgive yourself, show self-compassion, forgive. Like if it was done to you, forgive that person, move past it. Like you've got to close the chapter on that by removing the, the nail. It's, a, it's just a perfect example, metaphor, so I'll stick with that. You gotta remove the nail, and then you've gotta go through the healing process. So whether that's engaging a therapist, whether that's using something like Mass and Kip's book, which is full of like all these questions and answers and actions and all of that, um, to go through that emotional healing process. That is the key, but you have to get rid of the thing that continues to um, occupy your thoughts. Nice. Cool. I want to talk. I want to switch directions here and talk about the hero's journey. So it's super important to Mastin's um, teachings and the way he thinks. Um, why? Like, how does it fit into? If you could just help explain for the audience, how does it fit into everything that he's doing around like improving yourself? And well, so this is really interesting, and and that is the thing probably that I responded to most with Mastin is. So impact theory is about the, the hero's journey's ability to create emotion around the change that every human has to go through to take control of their own life and become capable of something great. I call it getting out of the matrix, right? Yeah. Um, in Joseph Campbell's language and Mastin Kipp's language, it's going on the hero's journey. And so he, the hero's journey is broken into four parts. And Mass and Kip's book is broken in the same four parts. I don't remember them by name. Um, but in A Hero with a Thousand Faces, he talks about that. Joseph Campbell talks about that. And going on that journey for yourself to really learn from others. So there's the mentor always. Think of Star Wars. The mentor teaches you something. You have to go on some journey of discovery. You, you know, go into the land of the unknown. You go through turmoil and difficulty. And then you ultimately like absorb the lessons that the master is trying to teach you. That moment where Luke turns off his um, radar device to take the shot on the Death Star. Um, And then the mentor disappears and you come back because you've learned what you need to learn. You've discovered what you need to discover. And then you come back to the group and, and you teach. So that is the journey every human being goes on or should go on. In fact, the vast majority of people don't go on that journey. But that's a journey of self-discovery, of learning how to take control of your own life, learning how to execute at the highest level, and then bringing what you've learned to other people, right? So that is the, the journey, the hero's journey. Now, what is utterly fascinating, that is such the physics of the human experience, the baseline, there's nothing lower than that that that's why it's called the hero with a thousand faces. It is across cultures long before they were communicating and interconnected. It's the same story that they all told. Totally universal. They were just telling that story over and over and over because that's how people take control of their own life. And that's why Joseph Campbell lamented stunted adolescence. 
where there's no ritual, there's nothing that's like a threshold that you cross and go from being a child, being an adult. And he said, so you get this where people are perpetually in that zone where they never begin that journey. They never go out into the metaphorical woods and have to discover themselves and have to go through something fucking hard. And by the way, that's one of the coolest thing, things about the Harry Potter mythology is fucking people die. Right. So it like, gets dramatic and big and so they go through like these real trials have real consequences and one of the stories that i want to tell at impact theory and i honestly can't remember if this is real or if if i made this shit up or if i made it loosely off of something that was real but i have this vague memory being a kid growing up in the pacific northwest where like native americans are like a real thing yeah um that there were these um, native kids that got arrested for doing something stupid. And they were like 14, if I remember right. And instead of going to juvenile hall, the tribe said, let us do our own tribal form of punishment. And we're literally going to put them in the woods for a year with no contact. And if I remember right, they took them to fucking Alaska and dropped them off in the wilderness. And I thought, those motherfuckers could get eaten by a bear. But it was like, yes, that's the point. And... I don't, again, I don't know if that's real. If I dreamed it, if it was like something sort of like that and I expand, I don't know. I want to tell that story though. That's going to be one of the comics, movies, TV shows or whatever that we do. That is so powerful to me. Did Have you read The Long Walk to Freedom? No. By Nelson Mandela? Mm-mm. Oh God, read it. You will love it. It's insanity. But by the way, he was, he went through a circumcision ritual to go from boyhood to manhood. They straight with no anesthetic in front of the entire tribe, homie, they sit you down, bucket ass naked, while everyone's watching. They grab your foreskin and with a sharp fucking knife, they just cut it off and you have to yell out like this warrior's cry to show that like you're not daunted by the pain. That's gnarly. Dude, it made me go, yeah. So we got a little soft somewhere along the way. Uh, that was amazing. So anyway, that guy's whole story is phenomenal. The hero's journey is so fundamental and foundational to claiming your own power and becoming what you want to become. So sadly, I didn't get a circumcision ritual either. Um, but you eventually in some way, shape or form in your life have to go into the woods literally or metaphorically and like do some hard shit and come out the other side. You just have to, it's the only way that you get mentally tough. Yeah. Which by the way is why I'm not a parent. Because I don't know that I could put my kids through that. Like everyone else, I would want to mollycoddle them and make their life easy. Like it's such an instinct. Mm. So, Super interesting. I want to come back to another question I have about the hero's journey and Mastin's idea of movies. But I want to get into the questions from the audience here because we have a couple. Uh, Corinne Davis says, what do you think about functional life coaching? Do you think you can do some of that yourself without a coach? Sure, of course. Um, I've never had a coach and his ideas really, really resonate with me. So in a, I suppose a super clumsy way, um, I've gone on my own functional life coaching journey. What I like about his notion of functional life coaching is it is a direct reference to functional medicine, which is to identify the underlying cause of a symptom. So our healthcare system has become all about treating the symptom, which is amazing because when you have bacterial infections, like that's a pretty phenomenal way to treat everything like it is hyperacute, to go in and say, this infection is due to this bacteria, this medication will kill it. 
Um, but that then translates to an over-focusing on just the symptoms and trying to create medicine that addresses that symptom. So the example that he gives in the episode is a statin to lower your cholesterol, mm-hmm. right? Where, excuse me, that's not what's creating that problem. You're not addressing it. Like you're just trying to medically um, push down the cholesterol level rather than addressing the underlying cause. And so uh, I started learning about functional medicine, trying to figure out Lisa's problem and just seeing like how, when you look at the body as a super organism that has all these interconnected parts and pieces and like quite frankly, competing systems, right? That you've got bacteria living inside of you that are competing for resources. You have bacteria fighting other bacteria competing for resources. You have viruses fighting against bacteria, bacteria fighting against viruses. Like this is all the literal reality of being a human. And so until you understand everything as a whole, like you're just, you're never going to deal with the real issues. So his notion of you have to think of your mental space in that same way. What are the past traumas? What are your notions about success? Like all of that stuff, like it's all coming together to create the way that you're experiencing your life. And unless you identify all of that, and he really puts it into the context of trauma and healing, past those things, clearing them out, as he calls it. Um, it, it's a really smart way to look at it, to really look at your mentality as, as a whole that encompasses not only the things that I just mentioned, but also neurochemistry, um, neuroanatomy, like being realistic about what he calls the meat suit. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's super smart. Yeah. I have a question for you. Um, do you, like, if you could go back and instead of, um, you know, clumsily finding your way to the place that you are today in, in regards to your mindset, if you could go back and just, like, work with someone like Mastin Kip to shortcut it, would you? It's a great question, man. Um, and here's, I don't know if I'm a fool or a genius. The truth is I probably wouldn't. And I say that because yesterday when um, I was downstairs, so we're about to reveal the set. We got a new set. It's fucking amazing. Um, Super excited about it. But there's only four remotes and there's like eight lights. And I'm trying to turn them off and it would like turn one off and one on the same button. And Lisa was like, oh, I think she sent us the instructions. You just need to read that. And I was like, no, 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 I'll, I'll be able to figure it out. And so I'm like, click, 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 like, and on, off, on, off, ah, what the fuck? And Lisa's literally watching me with amusement. Like, why won't you just read the directions? Like, yeah. you have the directions. And the truth is, I wasn't convinced that what she'd sent did anything more than explain that we have remotes to turn off the lights. So it's the doubt of whether or not the answer is really there, Mm -hmm. right? So there's always like that slight resistance. And then there's the the power of once you figure it out, it is such a painful and frustrating process that it burns the concepts into your mind. So that like I'm so grateful for the deep emotional pain that I went through that have made these lessons so like visceral and concrete and ever present in my mind. So, but at the same time, like I'm a guy that I needed college and that's going to seem super random. What I mean by that is I needed the structure of college to begin my journey of gaining discipline and all that. So I think that someone like Mastin is very, very powerful. And I think that there are people that will 
they will benefit so much from working with someone that can give them the structure that can help them along the journey. And the truth is I had a lot of mentors. I just didn't have anybody like that clear. Right. So it, it is when I say that I wouldn't, it's only me reflecting on how powerful it was to fumble through everything and just my natural inclinations to, um, want to like figure it out rather than, um, read the instruction manual. I'm conflicted in my own answer though, because I yeah. read so much. So yeah. I'm giving you the gut truth of my answer, but it doesn't even make sense to me. And I think this is why my own wife gets frustrated because she's like, what you're doing right now makes absolutely no sense. So in part it's, it might be how, like, what's your learning style I think is, is where, cause for me, I noticed that when I try new things, I want to, um, I just want to go out and try it like new, like a, a sport or a game or something. I just want to go out and try it and figure it out. And then I might read some stuff later to kind of get the actual knowledge. But my wife, Nicole, she wants to be in a class. Like she wants a teacher. She wants them to show, show her exactly the thing so that she can learn exactly the moves and then just practice and get mm -hmm. better. Um, and for me, it was always like, just go out and do it. You know, like right. surfing, just go out and do it. Like I'll show you. And she's like, no, I need to be in a structured class with someone. So. Yeah. That is a very good point. Yeah. Uh, a couple more questions here. This one's from Hodaya Lavi. Uh, Mastin nice. spoke about acknowledging when you feel emotional hardship. How does that go with you get more of what you focus on? Um, acknowledging emotional hardship. I don't remember specifically Mastin's um, context around that. Do you? I think it just relates back to, I think what Hodaya is, is uh, referencing is just that you need to really um, dig through the layers of the emotional trauma in order to clear them. So you have to actually put in the work to. to oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense then. So yeah. So now you're focusing on it, right? You're focusing on the trauma and right. all that. And so now I want to make a really clear distinction. When you are going in and doing the hard work, the thing that you're really focusing on is this is going to be beneficial. This is going to work. I'm going to get an outcome from this. If that's the thing that like you obsessively return to as you like, we had the earlier question, I think from Dan bro. Um, and he's talking about like, I'm no, it was somebody else. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Hey, you're going deep. You're worried about the damage and danger or whatever that you're going to encounter as you do that. That isn't the thing that you're going to mm -hmm. focus on. You certainly shouldn't be focusing on like, oh my God, I'm worried about what I'm going to find. I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried, right? You want to go into it saying over and over and over, like, this is going to yield a positive result. Like, this is going to work and I need to be open and I need to be willing to discover. So when I say you get what you focus on, I'm talking about that, that framework thing, not that you're, you're going to have to spend time and attention on the trauma and I get all that and it won't be fun, by the way. But if you believe that, hey, this is really going to add up to something, that's what I'm talking about when I say you get what you focus on. If you're like, this is going to be fucking miserable and I'm so scared of what I'm going to learn, that becomes your focus. And now as you go deeper into that and remember these traumas, you can be like, this is why I didn't want to do it. Like I remember I heard this story one time about this guy. He had like a, a wildly swollen lymph node in like his underarm or something. And that's like really fucking dangerous. And if you ever find that, you should immediately go to the doctor. And he... Didn't want to go, didn't want to go, didn't want to go. And his friends finally pressured him. And he went to the doctor. And the doctor was like, whoa, this could really be serious, right? It could be cancer of the lymph nodes or whatever. And he was like, we need to run some tests and, and come back in a week or whatever. And I'll let you know. And so the guy comes back and goes, I knew I shouldn't have gone. Dude, if, 
you don't go like the problem doesn't go away because you're blind to it. Like it only gets worse. And then one day you're dead, um, way better to address it early, but it does mean that you have to face something. So that, that comes down to like, what's your mentality? If you get that diagnosis of, Hey, this really could be serious. And you go, I knew I shouldn't have gone. Like that's your focus. That's your frame of reference. It's all negative. It's all bad. If on the other hand you go, Hey, finding it early, like now we can address it. I'm going to fucking fight. I'm going to come through on the other side. That's your focus, right? Mm -hmm. It is the, the exact same experience but they have dramatically different frames of reference based on what you focus on. Yeah, love that. And Masson talks a lot in the episode about the, that decision-making process. How are you going to apply meaning to that event to have yes. an empowering uh, experience or one that's disempowering? Um, going back to the hero's journey and the idea of um, Masson references superhero films, and he says, his belief is that we're outsourcing our hero's journey to those films. I think sort of a, maybe as a form of escapism, um, but you know that's it runs a little contrary to what we're trying to do here at Impact Theory. So how do we, I guess, as a business, avoid that passive um, experience of just watching and not um, internalizing the lessons and then applying them to your life? You don't. Tell me more. So this is a truth of what we're about to go through. We are a filter. And our job is to find people who think like we think. And our job is to influence culture over generations. Our job is not at any one individual level to say, you're going to convert. You're going to think like we think, right? Like that just is not going to work. I wish it would. And there was a time in my life where I actually said out loud that there was no one that was beyond like really changing their mindset like with enough energy you can change anyone's mindset i really believed that and i believed it to the core of my being and some of it was the arrogance of belief in myself and some of it was just i changed so dramatically why can't anybody change and then i just really began to accept that is a losing proposition it certainly doesn't scale so even if it's true on a single individual person level the the lengths to which you may have to go to help that person when they don't want your help is crazy. And then reading Jeffrey Canada and him saying, I gave up on adults and I just, it was, it became all about finding women who were either pregnant or about to become pregnant and focus them on learning um, what helps their children succeed, which his hypothesis was the number of positive words they hear before the age of five. So it was like, wow, that's heartbreaking and terrifying. Um, so I look at it as this is a multi-generational thing. If, if we succeed in the way that I want to succeed, it is because we will have influenced culture on such a subtle level that it is just baked into the culture that you get what you focus on. It's baked into the culture that you can do anything you set your mind to. And I mean, this stuff is real. So, and when I say that, I mean, cultural beliefs, they vary from culture to culture. Um, people talk about America being the land of opportunity, largely because of the way that we look at failure. And when you hear that, it's like in other countries, like an entrepreneurial failure is a scarlet letter. An entrepreneurial failure, by the way, may come with massive financial um, problems where you are the same as your company. So when you fail, all that debt is just on you personally, which makes people really reticent to start a company. So not only do we have legislation in this company, but we also have just like cultural beliefs about, hey, fail fast, fail forward, like all that stuff. So it's like you can definitively influence culture by switching their beliefs. Now, part of this comes from who do we celebrate, right? We celebrate here in the US, 
Elon Musk, Richard Branson, Steve Jobs, right? People that had tremendous failures, but they've also had massive successes. And they're the ones feeding into like, hey, this is how we should think. We all look at them and go, oh my God, they're amazing. And so we adopt their thinking. But that's all within um, certain niches of people when it's like expressible, but I think that it's deeply ingrained just in the culture as a whole. So I think that we can influence that if we stay at this long enough. Um, people often credit like this, this really, when I read this, I was like, oh my God, this is actually going to fucking work. When I was reading the Disney biography and they talk about how um, Disney is credited partly with pulling the country out of the Great Depression with the three little pigs. Because they wrote this song for the Three Little Pigs, which was like, imagine for a second, the theme song of the Three Little Pigs being like a number one billboard um, song for whatever, three months. It was that big. And people were whistling it. And the Big Bad Wolf became um, the economy. And that's how everyone knew that's what they were talking about. So who's afraid of the Big Bad Wolf became who's afraid of the bad economy, right? And so that whole thing is credited with helping people mentally get out of the Great Depression and get out of that like, oh my God, like, woe is me. Like, this is all terrible. And it's just all crumbling down around us. And he gave people a way to like get out. So very, very interesting. Um, And so when Mastin talks about like, I think that a lot of people are outsourcing their own hero's journey to that, I think people will. And I think a lot of people are going to watch our content and it will not help them in any way, shape or form. And I'm just not worried about that. What I'm worried about are the people out there right now where this resonates, the people out there right now where we're going to give them the lexicon, the stories, the iconography, the characters that not only can they internalize themselves, but that they can pass on to their kids. And by the way, I don't remember their name, but there were just recently, like two days ago, somebody posted an Instagram photo with the two Star Wars mugs yeah. and uh, relationship theory on the TV in the background. And I was like, oh my God, this, this in one image, they've summed up everything that we're trying to do. So first of all, obviously these are because they had like a stormtrooper painting on the wall as well. Like they're clearly of that world of media. Um, they were watching relationship theory, not even like main app impact theory. Um, and shout out to Marie Eve Gagne. There we go. Marie Eve Gagne. Thank you so much. Um, and that was like, that is exactly the kind of thing that I'm talking about where the star Wars reinforces through self signaling this ideology, right? Mm -hmm. So they're viewing themselves as princess Leia and Han Solo. Those were the, the two mugs that they had. And when you steep yourself in that mythology and what those characters stand for and, you know, I mean, Han, like you think he abandons the Rebel Alliance, but he comes back like right when he's needed and like does what's right. And, you know, Princess Leia, who's like the, you know, the freedom fighter. It's like all of that is present in those fucking mugs. And so that's how you really like get these ideas out into the culture. But obviously, not everyone is going to go beyond the entertainment. And that's fine. Definitely. Well, cool. Well, we are out of time. I just want to remind everyone, today is the last day for the Refer a Friend contest. All you have to do is send people to the link, the YouTube video that we dropped in the comments, get them to subscribe, and then have them drop your name in the comments. And you could win a trip to Los Angeles from anywhere in the world. This is international. To hang out with Tom for the day, get your questions answered, hang out with the team, talk to us, and uh, yeah, we want to we have you here. So Indeed. Get into the contest. 
All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. These are always a lot of fun. Go refer a friend, and if you haven't already yourself, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community, and that is what we are all about right now building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.